This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right, y'all. Don't let the title of this episode fool you because it's definitely about that. And it's also more literally about hormonal health, which would be maybe normally marketed more towards men, but this is actually arguably as impactful for women. So welcome to this new episode that's for everybody. Oh, and it's so fascinating. This is I'm recording this intro the night after recording this podcast, and what's happened within those 24 hours is that my friend from Austin, Texas, who I've known for a long time, that's been a wizard and an alchemist of sorts for so many people, had created a product, I don't know how long ago, named Chalk. And he had given me a bunch of samples months ago. And somehow, in the midst of the chaos of my winter solstice and the transition to my new season of life, um, including separating from Deanna in the way that we had been, in relation and starting a new season independently from each other, at least intimately and romantically, a lot of wild stuff has come up. A lot of wild stuff. And one of the things was that I finally opened a sample of my friend's product named Chalk. And not only did I open it, some other friends did, including Deanna. Let me just read the bottle of what it says. Chalk Daily. It is uh, 500 milligrams of purified Chilogy. It boosts free and total testosterone. It supports lean muscle mass. And I'm going to also, what I'm going to do is read what my friend sent me because I actually literally don't know much about this. How I know about it is empirically through experience. I've been using this product like the daily, if I'm not going to be lifting or working out hard, uh, probably six days a week. And the uh, action before a hard workout. And what's really crazy is like as Deanna and I transitioned into new lives, one of the things that seems like obviously healthy for us is to minimize communication in certain ways. But one thing that Deanna communicated to me is she wanted more of those, more of these these supplements. And I was like, wow. And not only did she request more, but other friend, another friend did. And I started using it, and I'm like, wow, this is seemingly one of the most clean hits of energy I've ever experienced. And it's so on brand to this podcast with my friend Dan because it's bas- our transmission is basically about hormonal health. And this, I've, for instance, I think it has tribulus in it, at least the daily that I'm looking at here. And that's an herb that I've heard about that I've never used. And I wonder if that's what's going on. I don't know exactly what's going on in this. But I was so intrigued and so aligned that we decided he's going to sponsor three episodes. He might even come to our future tribe design right outside where he lives, uh, the heart of the hunter and huntress, April 21st, right outside Austin, Texas, leading up to Paleo FX. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the previous episode. And, um, man, I'm going to go ahead and read his intro, and then I'm going to hop into the episode with Dan, which is definitely breaking normal, blurring lines, bending reality, all the above, and more. So before we start there, let me start with this. And this is breaking normal for me. I usually don't read scripts, but for whatever reason, in this transmission, it feels very in-lined. So here we go. Hey guys, as we get into today's broadcast, I feel it's a perfect time to share something useful, exciting, and truly breaking normal that I've been experimenting with lately. I'm going to add some stuff in here, by the way. So once again, he's texting me this, but this is, I read it beforehand, and it's like, wow, did you just channel me? So to be continued with the text, here we go. Some guys I've known for a long time in the health and vitality world recently created a series of supplements that are the absolute highest caliber, purity, and effectiveness. The name is Chalk, and they're located at Chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q. And that you can also look that up on their handle at getchoq on Instagram. You know by now I'm always on the cutting edge and only share what I personally find to be the utmost value and utility. Only? Now the only part I would maybe for myself tweak because I'm not a huge fan of absolutes. But as I am a fan of 
blurring lines. But funnily enough, their flagship product, Chalk Daily, is a formula specializing in men's health, vitality, and hormone function. Something we'll discuss today that's more important than ever in today's world that's so much out there that's interrupting our true vitality and natural height and state of being. The main ingredient is 500 milligrams of USDA organic shilajit. 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 How do you pronounce that? Which I've used before, by the way. I believe in it. Which has been clinically studied to boost testosterone in healthy adult males by 19% in 90 days. The very Shilajit chalk uses is tried and tested with peer-reviewed and published clinical studies. You know, always feel great, but I've been really in Superman mode taking this stuff. <laughs> you can tell how raw this is. Like This all just fell into place today, by the way, for anyone that's listening. Um... I didn't have to say that for anyone that's listening part. That's interesting. Um, they have lots of options for the ladies as well. Interesting. Everything from USDA organic wood-grown mushroom blends to Wildcraft organic moss. The brand is an uh, that I know is personally a group of guys who, like myself, only want to get the very best they can get. Only. Hey, man. You know how I feel about onlys by now. Check them out at choq.com. And this is the important part, by the way, if anyone is riding this roller coaster of communication. The code is breaking normal, and you get 15% off. Okay? So there you go, guys. I am so fascinated with who takes action on this and the results they get because it has reminded me of like almost like an accidental miracle, the way people are responding to it. And finally, really excited to hear your results as well, and you can reach out to their team with any questions. Now this is the time to truly optimize and embody these amazing forces we have available to us, and stay tuned for everything you could want to know more on today's show. And today's show is so on brand to that topic, so go to that choq.com, choke.com, check out chalk.com, chalk.com, like chocolate, and Use the coupon code. I've been using the daily in the action, but they have like new products coming out. And what I know about this person is that they're going to be procuring some pretty special stuff. And without even knowing exactly what it was and just trusting in the experience of it, I am well pleased thus far. Surprising, like shockingly pleased. All right, let's talk to Daniel. Enjoy. Daniel and Daniel dropping in, y'all. Peace and Man, we, I, all right, I'm a, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, yes. Are you good? I'm good. I'm here with Dan Hotchman. Synchronicity after synchronicity led us here. Here we are celebrating that together as usual. That is the schedule for the Breaking Room podcast. Because you originally planned the seed maybe a week or so ago, and then we ran into each other the day, the day that I thought about calling you, but I didn't, and then I ran into you the same spot that I met you last, and then we shared some stories, and it was like, whoa, bro. One thing after another, just, yep. And we're sharing our, the name here, which I'm excited about, because my name, I, I might even do this podcast where I include like a, a synchronicity, like as a theme to start building into the shows, because something I've done on my Instagram recently is these frequency of synchronicity episodes. Because my mind has been so bent, like lines have been so blurred, normal has been so broken, and reality has been so bent that I feel a responsibility to somehow, as I was telling you, share the story around the fire without being attached to it, but more enjoying it. And maybe figuring something out, maybe figuring out how to bring more of that energy in even a better way, more consistently, because I love it. Totally the fire. So, so, so good. And um, before we go down that rabbit trail, if you can put your code in there, sure. he's going to put a code into a device made from crystals, and then it's going <laughs> to display a, a kind of a bio slash summary about Dan and where he's currently at and what he's passionate about and why he might be on the Breaking Your World podcast. And I don't think I've ever read a bio. And that's another thing I'm doing. I'm breaking normal again <laughs> with, with reading this. So here we go. Uh, Dan Hotchman is a men's health and empowerment coach based in Boulder, Colorado. He is passionate about helping men regain their vitality and sense of purpose through optimizing their hormonal health and wellness. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you having me. And I, when I originally, when you originally sent that to me, I almost read vitality as fertility. Is fertility like someone's sexual so capacity? Yes, that'd be vir- basically? virility. Virility. Virility is that? Yes, virility. Virility. Anyways, yeah. I read it like that. So maybe that's the topic for the show. Totally. Along with mentorship, 
and definitely synchronicity and breaking normal. And uh, when I was explaining right before he started this, right before the previous podcast guest, Wes, who is who I am co-facilitating the next tribe design with in right outside of Austin, Texas, like that's the next tribe design and it's including hunting, which is the first time this has been done. Right before we began, I stepped on the headphones and they broke. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Yeah. And Wes looked at me like, like he is so surrendered. This guy, he's been, he has, he's kind of been under the radar since 2012. Huh? And apparently, since we met and explored things out loud and shared some stories, we found out that doing a tribe design in this manner that we're going to be doing is what he's been dreaming up since 2012. And now he's ready to publicly promote it. Unbelievable, and then I break these headphones. <laughs> the thing is popped out, like it looks broken, yeah. and I'm like, oh, like I freaked out for a, man, a moment, and then I was like, okay, okay, and I had a re- I had a realization of what we're doing together, and that we are teaming up in unique our unique um, geniuses, and we don't know much of like we want to learn more about each other's genius, mm-hmm. but we're both kind of like an outsider. Yes, me in the hunting world, and then yes. vice versa. And I realized at that moment, like, this was my time to shine. And I just got into the zone, kind of like I felt like I was hunting. And I put this thing back together where it worked. Like, it was unbelievable. So what one of us are using right now, and it seems to be working perfectly. Oh, totally. So anyways, that happened. And it was also a reminder, and this is something I would like to ask you about. A lot of times on the verge of a breakthrough, I, in the past, I have experienced some like weird resistance, like that I get, like it was like one final test for me to experience the treasure that was waiting yeah. for me. Yeah. Can you relate to that? Oh, a hundred percent. I, I always kind of find like when you're stepping into new territory and you're doing something kind of edgy and you're like kind of holding that, uh, new frame, life always seems to test you at those moments. And, and I found it personally like, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to do X thing, right? And I'm trying to call on, like, I remember at a certain point, I was uh, just starting to do intermittent fasting. And I was in college. And no lie, probably within weeks of doing it, I got more, like, invitations to go, like, to breakfast and to, to do things that, than anything. And I always find that, like, when you're stepping into that territory, life's just, like, throwing something at you. Like, all right. Can you still stand there? Can you still be A there? dragon might show up. Exactly. A, a dragon. dragon might show dragon. up. I'm actually having this imagery. Have you ever seen NeverEnding Story? No. Oh, man. I'm, so this is a good reason for me to ask everyone that's listening and enjoying these communications. If you want them to continuously get amplified, to leave a review on the iTunes specifically to pay reverence to the gods of the internet known as algorithms and Apple, and for this message to spread like fire, like wildfire. Um so in, I would love to end the review, if anyone's listening to this, can tell me about your experience of the never-ending story. Because I think I'm, I feel like I'm a, acting in that play in a way, and it's a great movie, by the way, uh, for you to check out. I'll check it out, yeah. Daniel. Daniel. Or do you, Dan, sure. you go by, but did, were, was your birth name Daniel? Yeah, Daniel, yep. And, and still, you know, certain members of my family call me Daniel. So, Who yeah. are they? Where do those members of your family live, and who are they? So, yeah, so basically um, most of my family is in New York. Um, that's where I'm originally from. So they're in Huntington, which is uh, a town in Long Island in New York. Um, and then my dad lives abroad in Israel, and my sister lives in Copenhagen. So we have, like, two people who are kind of, you know. On and they are parts. the ones that are more likely to call you Daniel? Uh, so, yes, just because they're, like, you know, that was my name always. As a baby. So, as a baby. They called so, you Daniel. Exactly. That's like what a hero's journey to snap out of the reality that like as a parent, that how fast life is changing for their kids, including their name over time. And not like maybe I'm not saying this is the case. Like it's cute to hold on to a name, even though that's not maybe not what you go by. But sometimes like energetic patterns are held on to like yes. and when a 16 year old is treated like a two year old, because that's when their mom was the happiest with a kid that could become an issue. Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you find that you have like a few different nicknames in your family or does everybody For me, call you Dan? Um, yeah. it's interesting today. Someone specifically called me Danimal. Danimal. 
Danimal. Like Danimal has been an me. alias for a while. <laughs> yeah. There's a Danimal in Boulder. Have you met him? No, I haven't. That's a crazy synchronicity story too. I'm going to share the one about Daniel Eisenman guy. Okay. That's the one I want to include yeah. in this episode. Okay. Um, and then, uh, what was the original question though about other nicknames? Oh yeah, Daniel Danimal, yeah. Iceman. I was I was Iceman in um, That's pretty badass. And playing baseball. Whew. A lot of people called me Iceman. <laughs> um, that's that's a cool one. That's like that's one I think a lot of guys would like to have. Well, it's interesting Iceman. too because Wim Hof, that yeah, like he's exactly. references the Iceman a lot, and I like remember watching videos of Rob Ross videos of us like promoting cold water before I even knew who Wim Hof is, and it's just so fascinating that the ice this other Iceman amplified something that we were already doing, but in a, such a public way that yes. it was humbling and inspiring that the Iceman came in in that way too. But yeah, Danimal and Iceman, Daniel, and, cool. and depending on where in the world I am, sometimes people call me Danny, sometimes yes. Dan. Oh, in college I had Dookie for a little bit or Dookie. something. I had Bud. Bud. Big, uncultured yeah. Dan. Wow. From all like my yeah. Indian friends. <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to, a lot of my friends were Middle Eastern. Um, in college specifically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm going to share this synchronicity and then I want to dive into some topics like totally. mentorship, which mm-hmm. is included in this story. I want to talk about hormones mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And what, like a friend I was hanging out with last night, for instance, I learned that her passion is food combining. Mm. I'm like, Oh, the great talk. That, that's another thing. Like I'm very aware of that, but I haven't niched in on it so much. Like that's like your thing about food. That's yes, awesome. Right, right. So I wanted to know about what your thing with <laughs> oh, yeah. food is. And I have a feeling or the health is, and I think it's something around the hormones, Yes, which I that's, totally resonate that's with. It's my wheelhouse. Yep. I mean, hormones, like, yeah, we're on drugs in a way, like even the drug of oxygen and whatever other drugs that we put on our body. But not only are we on drugs, we are drugs. Yes. So yes, wait, I, that's like, that's a big one. <laughs> so I totally resonate yeah. with the hormone conversation and that's how I kind of snapped out of the raw vegan, uh. um, indoctr- indoctrination in a way because it became a physical thing where if I followed my body, I realized I had no testosterone and then I got tested and it was like 89 and then I ate a piece of fish and the next morning I woke up in morning wood for the first time in such a long yeah. time and everything changed in my mind. I told you this oh, and real. other people have yes. heard this mm-hmm. and I was like, this is so hormonal. Like why is everyone's talking about fruits in this world, which is awesome. I love fruits. But there's something hormonal going on. Yes. And for those of you that don't know, like 89 nanograms per deciliter, which is what Daniel was talking about, is very, very, very low. That's like... Yeah, I remember specifically the, do- were, the doctor was like, yeah. why would you get your testosterone tested? You're like in the 20s. Exactly. And I was like, um, I've been eating a unique diet. And they're like, and then when they got the results, but they're like, holy mackerel. Yeah. They're like, what is going on with you? What are you doing? And they they were going to were prescribe me um, some sort of hormone or testosterone yes. there. Right, right. They were ready to do right. that. I remember that. And that's why I ate fish. Right. And it's wild too, because anybody who was, would probably look at you at the time would be like, he's buff, he's in shape, like you know, how could his T levels be that low? And that's what a lot of people don't realize, right? Like there's so much more at play. My, my body was changing because I might've been that low at that time. I was getting skinnier and fatter at the same time. My teeth, you you said T like testosterone. I almost heard teeth. I remember one of my friends, then one of my Middle Eastern roommates, Vivek, he's an ophthalmologist now. Hello Vivek, if you listen to this. He called me and was like, I think they're like, your teeth are looking browner. I'm not sure if you're looking as healthy. And I remember being like, whoa, that was also a wake-up call. Yeah. I was yeah. getting skinnier, fatter. My hair was thinning, I think. I was just becoming less strong. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was becoming less strong all of a sudden at a very young age. And that woke me up. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Because that that helped me realize that, like, diet, there are – we can get into the ethical conversation about diet and that, or the religious side of it, and that's one thing. But I'm a big believer that – I'm here to be vital. Like that's a very important for me to mm-hmm. tap into my levels of vitality. Yes. So that might, that will dictate my diet maybe more than someone else's dogma. Yes. A hundred percent. And I love that. Right. And there's, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that, right? Like you beyond following a certain prescription, you really need to be able to tap into your body and see what, what's making you feel good. Right. And if something is or isn't making you feel good, throw out, anything anybody else is saying listen to your body it knows yeah and that's and that's so complex too because some things might feel good for a shorter period of time and then feel bad later some things might feel good all the way through sometimes it's like and that to me is a more fun 
interesting conversation to me than trying to fit my lifestyle into whatever the fad diet of the year is, exactly. like whether it's the carnivore or the keto or the paleo or the primal or the raw or the raw vegan or the red sherry. It's like, yeah. yeah, these are all like signs. These are menus. Yes. We all need to eat the menu. Yes. They're like pointing to maybe something that could be helpful, not, not the, not the meal. Hundred percent. So. All right. Speaking of meals, let me share the synchronicity and then we'll see where this yes, conversation yeah. goes. <laughs> um, I, some of y'all know about the Breaking Armor Lap. We're, Dan and I actually might go to this restaurant. I would like to go to that restaurant with you we'll afterwards. Do. Cool. Yeah. Date. Just ask yeah, out bro, my, my <laughs> man friend named Dan out on the Breaking Armor podcast. He said yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the app, the Breaking Normal app, right before going into this restaurant, which I was kind of synchronously led to, and I felt like I wanted to go, this is the night for me to go to this place that this weird energy is around and that I've been recommended. So I followed my body there. Before I go in there, I use the Breaking Normal app, and the question of the week is, tell us about your biggest, one of your biggest synchronicities. I watched my brother's response, and I, as I told you earlier, it was about him praying for a sign. He, he was shared this story of he was praying for a sign whether he should go to Kenya or not to do this well project that he was very torn about. Like, he didn't know how to follow his body at this moment. And he prayed for a sign, and he walked into a grocery store, and a freaking Kenyan man ran up, to, like, kind of really approached him aggressively and told him that God has big things for you in Kenya. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It is unbelievable. It is like stranger than fiction. Stranger than fiction. And you just can't make that up either. You know, it's like, because you were saying that wouldn't happen normally in Georgia. Oh, yeah. This right? not like, like this is not, uh, I doubt there's, I bet there's less than a 0.1% Kenyan population in yeah. this area. Yeah. So let's just wrap our mind. Like that, this is the state that I was in. I heard it fresh. And I was like in this, my car before walking to this restaurant, feeling borderline like to tears inspired. And, Thinking like, what if I walked into this restaurant looking for synchronicity? And I like I like that when I retell the story is in a question format. I do feel like questions are the more of the answers. More like if I'm going to be judgmental, I like questions better than answers. So I asked that question and I contemplated and I walked in. And that day, as you got to meet my pit bull, yes. I had uploaded this video earlier that day or last night about me training Oraya, my dog, by leaving meat in front of her face. To the point where she would shake with anxiety, and then I would finally give her the go-ahead, and then she would eat. But the funny thing is, with that video, if you watch it, which I would like to talk to you about, she shakes to a certain point, and then she got real calm. Yes. Real calm. And then that's when I, like, shortly after that is when I gave her the go-ahead. Someone that might not understand what's actually happening there on a tissue level they were projecting judgments on like how cruel this is, how twisted right. this is. Like, why would you do that to your poor dog? Like she's shaking. <laughs> yeah. Try shaking. That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> so I walked into that bar with that kind of attitude and that on my kind of heavy on my mind. And the first thing, one of the first things that happens when I sit at the bar is the bartender starts telling this girl sitting next to me about how a guy, there's a dog that walked by and he's like, that guy comes in here and, or some guy comes in here and trains his dog by leaving meat on its head. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what in the heavens is going on right now? And this girl's like, that's so cruel. Like she responded just like I am like, oh, oh, so at this point, I mean, I have this crazy conversation with them explaining my stance and all this. And if anyone's listening to this and like intrigued and passionate, especially about training dogs and pit bulls, I just learned today. Yes, today. Today, I learned today that yesterday they tr they were voting to take the ban off pit bulls in Denver, and it didn't. They were one vote short, so pit bulls are like banned in Denver. As a side note, which is yeah. another whole conversation about dog racism. So I'm sitting here at the bar, st like stoked and intrigued and like what the heavens. And then this guy that walks into the bar that looks like a little bit of a mix of Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro that I'm pretty intrigued by. He starts like hovering around me like he like wants to say something to me. I was thinking like does he want my seat? Like what's going on? Yeah. So we finally start talking and I'm pretty like already inspired by him before meeting him. He had that kind of energy or that aura or that whatever he held. And sure enough when we, we start chatting like who are you? What do you do? He's like a, he's like a major architect here in Boulder. Which, and um, he asked me my name and I tell him, and he's like, no, it's not. He tells me, no, it's not. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay, yes, it is. <laughs> and he's like, I, and he just explained to me, he's been mentoring. 
and mm. training a guy to take over the CEO position of the firm that he just sold named Daniel Eisenman. Mm. And I'm ask, I asked Dan this earlier. I'll ask everyone that's listening now. Does anyone else here know Daniel Eisenman? Because I'm now in shock. I'm borderline in shock, yeah. and I start sharing him with, like, whoa, whoa, sharing some stories. And then this is where it gets even crazier. Well, I get his number. I text him the next day, obviously. <laughs> and no word back. Text him maybe, like, a week later. No word back. And I one day in the steam shower recently, I was in there in the steam thinking, like, I'm going to – in an altered state. In an altered state for sure. Hot. <laughs> um and think uh, this idea popped in like I'm going to call Richard, my friend Richard, and I'm going to see if he wants to get coffee today. <laughs> and as I'm exiting the gym parking lot and getting like ready to call him and put my headphones in, a car kind of whips around the corner and almost this is like close, almost hits me yeah. and it looks just like him. And I'm like, oh my gosh! So I call him immediately. No. No, it just was like a scrambled number. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I might have taken his number down wrong. I run to the window. Sure enough, it's him. Yeah. He, got, he got stuck in traffic and I ran to his car window, just left my car there. <laughs> and it's, and I was like, yeah. I just was about to ask, call you to ask you to get coffee. And then you almost hit me. You want to get and coffee? He's like, right now. <laughs> and then we go to the coffee shop. There's a book sitting right next to us from Carl Jung, who is the king of synchronicity. Mm. And here I am sharing this story with you now. W- wondering if I am hearing something weird in my ear. Are you hearing anything? It might I'm be not, just, no. I trust it's just the audio on my okay. end from the, okay. <laughs> maybe it's reminding <laughs> me of like how edgy this reality yeah. really is. Um, so this is the sync. This is the story that I wanted to share publicly here on the podcast. One of many synchronicities. This is one of the more significant ones. Yes. What happened was on that meeting, he was just keeps explaining to me how he's been mentoring Daniel Eisenman. And he even tries to call Daniel Eisenman and didn't answer. And I am getting this feeling like and this realization that I've never had a someone I labeled as a mentor. I've never had someone I labeled that. I've had I believe I've had like thousands of mentors in a way, but not someone that was like, oh, this is my mentor. And Dan, my friend here, has mentioned your mentor and how it's been one of the most biggest synchronicities in your life. And definitely emphasizing like this is your mentor. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. almost like you would call your dad or your brother. And I'm like, wow, I don't know if I have that in my life, but I I have thought and when I was talking to Richard that day that I man I want this guy I'm, this guy might be my mentor yeah, <laughs> like yeah. maybe this is my mentor he's already mentoring one Daniel <laughs> <laughs> so that is the story and now I'm wondering for you Dan what does yes. mentorship synchronicity how does all this tie into your life if at all yeah I mean it's it's so so relevant right now just because well I should preface I, I just got off the call that I told you I was taking before this um, was with my mentor um, and he's more of a mentor and friend, you know, now. Um, but I really, for years, I think probably ever since I was 14 or 15, I wanted a mentor. And I've talked to other guys who like share a, a certain like sentiment where it's like, you kind of want somebody to focus on you and show you the ropes and show you how to grow up in this world and, and uh, you know, work with your unique skills that, that everybody has. And um, my sister had recently just moved to Copenhagen in Denmark at this time. And she was like full blown, like launching her, her coaching business and, and everything. And I was kind of like still in the shadows at this time with what I wanted to do. You know, I was studying health and I had the intention there, but I wasn't fully stepped into it yet. And uh, she invited me. She was going to this, this networking uh, event with uh, another incredible uh, coach in uh, Denmark, Antisa Jensen. Hey, if you're listening, um, awesome, awesome coach. And she just invited me to come with. And for most of the, uh, you know, brunch or whatever was was going, um, I kind of just hung back. And then I got talking to Antisa and I was telling her, you know, uh, my vision for my practice and the work I want to do with men and um, just kind of the direction I see things going. And she said, oh my God, like you, you have to get in contact with uh, X person. You know, I won't share their name. Um, but they were like, I just, I just have a feeling that this is going to be a great person for you to talk to. 
And lo and behold, um, I ended up reaching out to this person um, on, uh, God, I think it was like on an email thread that I was CC'd on. And, uh, you know, the conversation moved forward and it ended up being a year-long mentorship, which was um, probably the most profound um, and important uh, period of my life thus far because I was really, really just um, uh, under such great tutelage. So, yeah. Wow, wow. That is a great, like the meaning of a mentor, the meaning of the mentor is like coming to me for like almost the title of this episode and that is so cool it reminded me of so many things first of all it reminded me of how i met the previous podcast guest wes but i knew i was in the presence of a super connector i knew i was in the presence of a super in in a very sacred space so i spoke my prayer out loud like so in the you mentioned Israel and uh, Long Island. So my grandparents, they fled from the Holocaust. Like leave, They lived under a graveyard, and then they survived that and moved to Long Island. And de- uh, my this my mentor, whether he is or not, <laughs> was definitely encouraging me to find out the history of that, the lineage of that, to find out mm. the DNA of that and which tribe of Israel I come from. Like He was wow. like immediately giving me tasks. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this is all so captivating and relevant for me. And I mean, I'm, I guess I'm wondering, like, for someone that's listening and they are feeling like, oh, I, wanna, I don't think I'm ready for it. Like, this, this is speaking to them. One thing I would say is, and not only to those people, but to anybody, when you're in the presence of a super connector in a sacred space, one or the, bo- one or the other or both, you might want to use this unique divine gift that we have called like language and speech and communication and prayer and and explore what you want explore a desire without maybe being attached to getting it maybe realizing that something only will happen like that or better like having that faith i would suggest that's a good faith to have for me and man the miracles that take place unreal and all with that small decision to engage Right. And and to me, it's it's kind of like it's arresting in a sense um, and just wild to think like how my life trajectory would would have been different with that small decision of uh, speaking up at that networking like gathering. Like if I didn't speak up and own my purpose and share what I wanted to do. Everything could have been different, you know, so. Yeah, I would dare judge to say that like most people that might be living the most inspiring lives have made that speaking up in that on the edge of the fire and speaking up anyways. Uh, they are kind of that they made a habit out of that. They've made a habit out of that. They made a lifestyle out of that. They've like honored it so much by like poking that fire, which I'm going to poke our fire right now. By honoring the fire that's burning and giving it more attention rather than trying to stay away from it, but doing it in the right way, it creates more fire. Yes. Right. And also something that's like seemingly edgy at the time, right? Like hence the fire, right? Like fire is edgy. It's potentially dangerous, right? Like it brings up all of those feelings. Um, But it's also really the, it can be the most powerful uh, medium there, right? Like you choose to engage, you choose to, to put yourself out by the fire or, you know, potentially in the fire and uh, can reap some pretty incredible rewards. Yeah. Right now we're playing with fire in my opinion with this technology. This is some of the most reformed advanced (laughs) type of fire that has ever existed. So this is sacred in my opinion that we're playing with fire together. And a lot of people might not realize that they're doing that with themselves with their phones. That's that is the same type of that's the same level of advancement or more than the fire that we're using to record this. Oh yeah, that's pretty crazy to think mm-hmm. about. <laughs> and like the level of connection or destruction that's uh, available right through that medium. And on that note, level of <laughs> connection, because I hear, yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I am also saying that, like, this phone, this stuff that we're using right now, this fire right next to us, this drink, they are all tools or weapons depending on how I use them. They can be, like, a, a tool for transformation and evolution and connection. 
and or they can be like a weapon of self-destruction if someone wants them to be. Exactly. Yep. So that's I definitely am happy to share that over this fireside chat. Um, <laughs> oh, do you have anything on your mind or heart right now that you want to Let's explore? Uh, I mean, I'm sure we could dive down a ton of uh, of rabbit holes, but I'd be curious what if you had to share, you know, your most synchronistic um, moment thus far, like being in Boulder. What, what would you say? Man, I, that is so cool that you asked. That is awesome because this is like another time of self-reflection near the fire. And I'm like, I am not going to answer that. Yeah. I, like, I won't answer that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so odd for me. Yeah. I've made a lifestyle for about a decade strong yeah. or more, like lit and ma- like an actual business out yeah. of being yeah. transparent mm. in a way. Yeah. And I am this with this new season and realizing like there is a new thing that I'm like, that is not ready to be shared, mm. especially at this time and space. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you for asking mm. a question that I wouldn't answer. That's rare. <laughs> How about yourself? <laughs> Since being in Boulder, um, oh, there's been a few. You know, I think everything around um so when i was first getting into uh this kind of work and and you know beyond the empowerment side of things and 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 that area but more so really diving into health in particular and biohacking um there was a phenomenal there was a phenomenal company that i came across and first it was just uh you know the ceo of the company now called umzu they're based out of uh boulder uh, shout out to them. Um, their founder was a guy who was generating a ton of phenomenal uh, YouTube and article content about men's health at the time. And I was following like this guy for years, like all throughout college, all throughout everything. Um, and then I moved to Boulder and I'm walking down Pearl Street, as you know, and, and uh, I see these guys wearing these Umzu hats. And I'm like, ah, this is like, this is kind of strange. Like, I wonder like if they, you know, follow the same company or something. Um, and they all end up being guys who, super nice guys who work for the company. They're like, yeah, you know, come by the, you know, the, the studio or something. And I walk in and I'm looking all around and it was just, it was so surreal. And, and literally just like if I would have been a minute late walking on that street, I would have missed them. And I would have never found out this company was based in Boulder now. So, <laughs> Yeah, there's something there's something there for me, too, like reminding me of what people study will, like what, where, this can make it real basic, like where attention goes, energy flows. But like what's, it's the whole, I think it's the whole energy behind a vision board. Like where are we putting our thought energy, which is arguably our most, creative force oh 100 percent. and how much of that thought energy is being consumed or catalyzed by sexual energy by our sexual energy mm. that's an interesting one do, do you have some thoughts around that i have so many thoughts yeah. around that uh, i'm curious <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious about it for you as well like yeah. this uh, what comes up for you around that? Because I imagine that might be a topic, a hot topic in your line of work. Oh, a hundred. I mean, so uh, the way that I look at it, there's there's layers to it, right? And and this is actually very alive for me right now as I kind of exploring these things. Um, first of all, I, I think the majority of us, uh, for most of our day and most of our lives, are. Um, essentially trying to do one of two things which is either like fulfill our biological urges in one way right or um do things that feed this identity that we've kind of created right and um those are for at least for me i mean this is this is super um alive because i've i've witnessed myself recently like just modulating between the two Um, and I never really was too aware of it. Like all of really like the concerns, the fears, it's like, it all fits into those two, you know? And, um, 
so so that's one layer and then the other layer is that like you know from more of a micro level around coaching um there are certain ways of uh showing up in the world that change depending on your level of health, right? And depending on your level of hormonal wellness, um, it really like our, our body, like our mind is our body. Like we need to stop looking at the two as being separate. Everything, our thoughts, our feelings, like that is, it's so intimately related to our body and our wellness. So and what about the um, the sexual aspect? How does that tie into that? If, if you care to address, oh, totally. and I'm happy to as well. Totally. We, but I'd be curious. For you yeah. Since, so I'd, I'd say on on one since level, you're sitting in the ro- the red chair, the red chair, <laughs> passion chair. Um, on one level, right? Like guys who experience uh, low libido, who don't have a high sex drive, nine times out of ten, their hormonal. Uh, they're having hormonal issues, right? Their T levels are low. Um, most likely their cortisol is too high, right? So in the uh, sexual realm alone, like if a guy is not taking care of his hormonal health, you know, um, and not figuring out where he's at in terms of his T levels and how to optimize them, guys will like lose their sex drive completely. You know, and, and I've talked to guys where it's like, I don't even think about sex, right? And then other guys where it's like sex is the only thing on their mind, you know what I mean, as the like classic stereotype will go. Um, so that's like one layer. and I, I think that's a, a really important one. Yeah, this is a, such a fun topic um, because there's subtleties that I think are very important to address and that might get undermined because of the tabooness of them. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, all right, so I would, one of the best references that I know of how to connect sexual energy and creative energy in a conversation is from Napoleon Hill. Mm, yeah. And Think and Grow Rich, like yep. on the latter half of the book, and or maybe even Outwitting the Devil by also, uh, Nap- Nap- that that's, well, apparently that's a dialogue between Napoleon Hill and the devil. Mm. And the, the family didn't release it until well after Napoleon had transitioned. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's all out. That book, those two books have definitely been big impacts on me. Um, and what I remember really resonating with what Napoleon was referencing was that, like, the most powerful energy mm, for yes. money is sexual, sexual energy. energy. <laughs> yeah. And for men and women, right? Like, it's yeah, such all a around. potent... Such a potent force. Yeah, so that I've got a lot to say about that. I think that's huge. And to me that really like correct me if I'm wrong, it's you're just talking about sexual transmutation, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm right? talking about um realizing there's a difference between my sensations mm-hmm. and the story that I put to like they don't have to be attached. Like the yes. the normal story with the sensations that I'm having, they don't have to be as attached as culture makes them. Right. That they can actually be alchemized and transmuted into something like or that they attracting to, money if I right. want to. Or that they have to fit like such a narrow box. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this energy is just for sex, just for you know. Yeah, it's powerful, powerful energy. Um and you know, one of the things that's kind of like swept the internet uh, for a while was uh, no fap. If you're aware, did, did that uh, in case well? I, I so I have definitely ref- heard references, but okay. in case someone is not yeah. aware at all, what is so, that? So no, it's essentially um, abstaining from any porn um, and also uh, semen retention. So, uh, and and you know, for a lot of people, and so it's going to sound like super woo woo, like you know what, like I've. But for a lot of people who have actually tried it, they'll attest to feeling kind of like supercharged, like just completely um, confident and able and just their energy levels will go back. Um, And that's because I really think there is more than just semen there, right? It's, It's energy. It's really deep, powerful energy. Which you've mentioned, no. Have you partaked in those I have. explorations? Yeah. And you, when you say so, semen retention meaning that you are not ejaculating, not ejaculating. Or, but what about orgasming? 
So <laughs> I, so I assume like, you know, if you're skilled enough, you know, I, I personally have not been able to do that successfully, but I know some, uh, some guys will, or women probably as well will attest to like being able to, uh, to use that superpower. I haven't personally have, have you? It, that is yeah. a great question. Yeah. I am actually, now that I asked it to you, I'm like, I don't know if I know my answer. Yeah. And <laughs> which brings such a subtle, <laughs> another, <laughs> such a subtlety. Like I've experienced things with people that were pretty weird. Like, especially in nature, it seems to be, ex- especially around nature and yeah. especially around animals or like the size of waves or the size of animals or the closeness of animals, like whether this bear was this close or this fish was this big or this wave was this big. And I've been there with them and I hear them retell the story. And I, a lot of times I think, wow, that wasn't my experience. <sighs> Interesting. That wasn't my experience. Mm. So I have experienced things that I think are in a gray zone of that area, but I'm, okay. I definitely do not feel aligned with saying that, yeah, I have ejaculated <laughs> semen. I mean, I, I have orgasmed like, like I feel like I, the same way right. as if I was ejaculating semen right? and right. not did that con- and, and did that and was able to do that consistently when I right. wanted to. Right. Got it. Okay. But there's been some gray zones. I'm like, man, yeah, sometimes, um, I've, yeah, sometimes, sometimes like I've felt what I imagine other people would call orgasmic throughout my body in certain like social situations. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. So in social situations. Nothing, there's no ejaculation and it's not only in my, um, cock or crotch area. Right, right, right. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, this is like sexual in my, um, knees almost. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is a lot of people will say, when they're, you know, not ejaculating, that they experience things similar in the sense that they just feel supercharged. And they'll use that energy, transmute it, right, into their career, into, you know, sports. Like, for instance, I don't know if you know Mike Tyson uh, for a long time. Like, he didn't have sex. Um, And he had all that built-up energy um, that when he got into the ring, you know, he was he was incredible sensational you know so yeah yeah i mean i definitely think that for someone that let's just say they're having a highly sexual charged morning and instead of being obsessed with finding a way to release that instead if they ate that or they recycled that or they consumed or held it held it and then they walk into a coffee shop and follow their body. They might find mar- more miracles than usual. <laughs> right. Or, right. I mean, and you can go down so many directions with that. But, um, you know, I think a lot of guys are maybe afraid to talk to women or to put themselves out there. And I think really a lot of that can go away when they feel in their masculine energy, like when that's like circulating and, you know, um, they feel good. It's a different flavor. It's a totally different flavor. Yeah. And this brings up a whole nother conversation about like, so what about if someone is feeling low testosterone and then they are like, I'm just going to, that picture that Daniel just painted, I'm going to get really sexual charged. If it's sexually charged as I can tomorrow and I'm going to walk into a coffee shop and follow my body. Could that create more testosterone in their body? Or does uh, it, it's this is like the like the power posing so, theory? So yeah. So there so for instance there are certain things like from a body language, like when you're more expansive, right, and you take up more space, your body will typically have lower cortisol levels and higher T levels, higher t- uh, testosterone levels. Um and the same goes for the opposite, right? So when you kind of like adopt that victim uh, mentality and you're shut off and you're small and closed up your cortisol will be higher and your T levels will be lower, right? The other thing that ties into that, which is interesting too, is that um, the winner effect, I don't know if you've ever heard of the winner effect. Tell um, me more, maybe. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that already. So, so the winner effect literally, um, you know, there's a whole book um, on it, incredible book, by the way, but uh, literally the experience of winning, even small wins, 
um, victory, success, raises T-levels. So there's so much more that can be done um, from a very actionable and practical level that I would recommend first, like in terms of your training and diet and specific routines there. Um, But stacking those wins, whether it's, you know, just little victories and, and, and feeling better, yes. Being more expansive, yes, that will have an impact. All right, and then the more practical, obvious ways, whether it's through diet or ways that you, like patterns that you may have seen, a golden thread for the public here of just like the most effective and efficient ways to balance hormones. So I'm going to give one uh, that... Harmonize hormones. Totally. Harmonize hormones. Harmonize, (laughs) optimize. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so really the way I like to look at things um, is... Uh, to visualize kind of a a pyramid, you know, so kind of your meat and potatoes, your most important things that are going to be on the bottom of your pyramid are going to be your diet um, and exercise, right? And then as you go up, you go up the pyramid, you go to like certain lifestyle factors, right? Like sleep sleep optimization, uh, stress reduction, a, a bunch of things in that category. And then the very last, you know, little piece, that little kind of uh, triangle on the pyramid Um, is supplementation. And that's usually what's touted as being the most important. And that's because people don't really address things from the cellular level up. They address things with a Band-Aid solution. They think that's the fix, right? Let's just throw a little med, let's throw a little supplement. No, we need to get to the root of things. So to answer your question, a golden thread there is going to be fixing their micronutrient deficiencies, right? And again, shout out to uh, Umzu because uh, they're really, I feel like, on the the cutting edge of a lot of this research. And when you think about it, it makes sense, right? Like for your body to run optimally, it needs certain raw material. It needs certain vitamins and minerals, right? And if it's not getting those, then it's going to allocate its energy towards like certain vital processes, right? Like keeping your heart beating, keeping your brain functioning properly. And then your testosterone takes, you know, a seat in the back, right? When it has an abundance of vitamins and minerals and you're not deficient in everything, things tend to run more optimally. And then how do you think the general public is most efficient in this micro level? What is there like some obvious things like make sure that you got this. If you're listening to this, this is like some check boxes that you may or a lot of people have not addressed. Yeah. So it's a great question. Um, One is that a surprising amount of people um, are going to be very deficient in vitamin D. That's one. Um, and, and then best way, vitamin D, to me, I understand it's definitely uh, p- perpetuated and potentiated and optimized by getting sun, for one thing. Yes. Do you have other? S- sunlight is super important. Um, again, having a variety of um, macronutrient sources in your diet, high-quality macronutrient sources. Like, um, like- yeah, like for instance, uh, raw dairy, a lot of people won't know this, but like raw organic grass-fed dairy for people who that, you know, agrees with, um, very rich in vitamin D. I've got a delivery so. on the way from an Amish farm, the A2. Are you familiar with this different, per, the different like uh, proteins in their DNAs that are allegedly some less or more inflammatory than the rest? Oh no! I, I if you know uh, about it. Hit me up. Okay. I'd like to, I, I know a little bit about it, but I'd like to talk more about that. Oh, that's cool. And I have a guy that's delivered me the special kind from the. Anyways, yes, Beautiful. I love raw milk. Yeah. So so again, so and there are other ones. You know, there's like zinc and magnesium. But really, the best thing to do is to get a micronutrient panel done on yourself to see what you are specifically deficient in, because everybody's deficient in different things. And then to be really proactive in correcting those deficiencies. Um, and Best way to suggest to get that panel done? SpectraCell. That's a great one. Is this, you go to a doctor's office to do this, or how do you get this done? You can go to a doctor's office. Um, some of them you can actually, like, they have a kit where you can send in, uh, I think it's either a blood or saliva sample, um, and they analyze it for you. Well, that sounds pretty send convenient, sending in a saliva sample. Yeah. If that's a good way to do it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, I'm not... What about testosterone sure. testing? I've seen these ads on Instagram, and it's like you can get your testosterone tested. Have you seen this? What, yeah. I, I, when I bring that, why I bring this up is because to me, my testosterone levels on an intuitive, without getting any outer test, vary, vary yeah. quite frequently. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. 
So when I get a test done, I'm like, well, what was I doing that day? Did I? They they probably wouldn't fluctuate. They they would fluctuate very marginally in terms of day to day, um, but they can fluctuate pretty severely in six months and three months, right? Like you can see some pretty big changes. Um, and a lot of that comes down to like what your lifestyle factors are, you know? So for people, let's say who are eating a diet that is void of nutrition, right? And they're having fucking pop darts and they're, they're having, you know, like, uh, Cheetos. <laughs> they're they're yeah, not really hearts, <laughs> Twinkies, little yeah, Debbie's. Exactly. And, uh, the cheese pizza place. What's it called? Domino's. No, you're, you're worse. Uh, you're worse. Pizza. Hut. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm not even gonna be that. I'll just leave it a mystery. Anyways, uh, yes, watch. I hear you. <laughs> watch, we're gonna get like some uh, some message from Domino's <laughs> pizza now. <laughs> well, you know, my opinion on food is first of all, yeah. let me just summarize it: that the pe- the the, the medicine is the poison, the uh-huh. poison's in the dose, yes. and that what I'm eating is good for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I'm and I and I really choose to be thankful for every ingredient and how it got to me. Yes. And all the hands and all the processes and and if it's really simple and just done by an apple tree and I have no idea how it's done, that's even that might be even better. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, like you know, people who go from eating that really uh, poor diet to starting to incorporate like you know, delicious organic fruits and berries and grass fed meat, you know, if, if it, you know, agrees with their specific dietary protocol. Um, and you know, like having some good fermented foods and, and things like that, they're just completely packed with micronutrient density. Um, their T levels will drastically improve over six months and over a year. Right. And like, you can kind of see these things. Um, and there's again, so many other, uh, categories in terms of optimizing things as well. Yeah, and uh, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I want to talk about some specific foods if you're familiar with them, like oysters or bison or wild meats versus farm. Anyways, and the reason I say that thing about my perspective on diet, it's like I do, but you know, Domino's, if they someone to get mad, like I want to also say that a Domino's p- slice of pizza might be the healthiest thing for someone to eat is listening to this tonight. Like that might yes. be because it might break through some sort of rigid belief that's holding them back from appreciating other levels of health. Bingo. Yeah. So that's, that's big too. And that's something that a lot of times is like an epiphany for people who I work with like one-on-one. Um, I always say like follow the 80, 20 rule. And I personally, I believe like the person who will not have cake at their son's graduation is just as unhealthy as the person who is, you know, uh, eating, uh, you know, uh, the worst things that you could imagine. Uh, so yeah, really like the person who eats hundred percent organic all the time and won't have a slice of pizza here and there, or, like won't have whatever, that's not health. Especially if they want it, especially if their body wants it. Exactly. For whatever reason. Right. I like, I like trusting the body because it's like, it's more sensible than my mind. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it's more like a sensation that's like an on or off rather than like a good or bad. Right. Right. Because yeah, my brain is split and I think that my brain has something to do with my mind. Right, and even that, right? Like there's so much subconscious information that the body is aware of, right? Like there's so much so like just the mind or what we attribute the mind as when we hear that voice is just one like piece of that but there's so much information. Um, Memories, dreams, and reflections. That was the book that from Carl Jung that was sitting at the table from that meeting uh, with my oh, yeah. mentor. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh. but to just kind of like cap that off, like I really think a lot of people will do super well by 80% of the time, like having the right stuff, the right ingredients, the right information in their body. And then leaving that 20%, you know, for their mental health, for some wiggle room. Yeah. For breaking normal or breaking yes. your own rules or breaking your own normal. And I, well, I'm, I'm definitely being reminded of um, who I would say is one of my many, like when I'm talking about mentors is like infinite, like everyone I've met is a mentor. One of my most impactful mentors in that context has been Laird Hamilton. Oh, Larry. He's a famous big wave surfer. Okay. And he and he's married to Gabby Reese, and he's much more than that. He might be a dolphin. <laughs> um, 
Uh, he Probably. said a few things to me that really, like, I have not. I don't know if I'll ever forget. One being that people don't have sleep problems; they just don't play hard enough during mm-hmm. the day. He's like, "It's like it's the your sleeping as deep as you work, and work can be play." Yeah, that's how I remember what he was. And that there might be exceptions to that. You know, people might have something else going on, and yeah. but I think it's a good idea to consider. Oh, totally. And then the other one was that he was like, he doesn't really care about what he does every once in a while. He just really cares what he does consistently. Yes. So like his spread, like his sheets, like are very important to him. Like his bed sheets are like, that's one of his most important health factors. Yep. His bed and his bed sheets. Uh Uh-huh. And (laughs) not if he has a glass of wine every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's really a lot to be said about that, right? It's like, if those main pillars are in place, right, and you're you have some really good consistent habits, then like you should be able to enjoy, you know, the benefits of having that strong foundation, right? Like, yeah, that's true. There, there's there's probably things that people are scared to consume. Like, let's talk about plant medicine, like, right. um, in the right. sense that maybe because that it the, it would be such a repercussion to their constitution. Yes. And I definitely think whether you're talking about going on a plant medicine journey or skiing or hiking or whatever, like edge might be for you. Like this is, these are good reasons to be able to experience those things. It's a, it's a good reason to be like, have a healthy, strong foundation. Yes. Yes. And it's so funny again, like that you bring that up because that's another like topic. I haven't really explored plant medicine that much, you know, and, uh, that's that's an area that's also coming up on the horizon for me. It's been blinking. well. I I'm not going to claim to be any um, master or really experienced in a lot of it because I have friends that I think have done way heavier dosage of things as I've never even considered yet consistently. That I'm like wow, but I know for myself and my exploration, there's been things, especially when it's a plant like a mushroom or something. There is a very real physical thing going on in my body and my nervous system, like so real that if my body is not um, equipped to handle that, it'll be much harder on my mind. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense to me. It's almost like a way of just like go, taking someone water skiing. If they're very fragile or fat or out of shape or scared of water or they're like scared of sensations, they're going to be – it's going to be really not yeah. maybe that fun. And <laughs> it's going to be could, such a beat up. You could even dive down a rabbit hole with that, right? Because what would take somebody to be able to be physically able and physically strong and capable – right? There's a whole lot of mental pieces that need to come together to allow that, right? Like you need to be able to be willing to push yourself. You need to be, you know, willing to tolerate some level of discomfort and pain, right? Like in order... Specifically hunger on this topic. Yeah. yeah. That ability to be hungry is is also, I think, a very important art for Mm. enjoying life to its fullest. Oh, yeah. Intermittent fasting, that's... Yeah. <laughs> or just people who even do, like, long-term fast. That's or someone that just... Super challenging. Just doesn't eat themselves into a coma every meal. Mm. Like, there's just so many varying layers of that. Right. right. Yeah. I know how to eat myself into oh, sleepiness. <laughs> you should see me at a buffet, man. <laughs> it's it dangerous. so impactful. It's been, some yeah. of those have been so impactful in my body. Yeah, some right. Some of those feasts. Oh, my I'm God. Like, of all things I could do, I'm like, man, that was a big deal in my body. Yeah. Eating, I've eaten, like, over 200 shrimp once. Wow. That was a big deal in my body. Yeah. I, I was starting to wonder about, like, either levels of iodine or cholesterol <laughs> or, like, yeah. butter or something that was right. on there. My body was, like, I was, like, bored. It was, like, a plant medicine ceremony. Yeah, 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 I just yeah, ate two yeah. or some shrimp. Yep. I'm a little panicky. Yeah, man. But it felt right. really, it was really fun <laughs> <laughs> to do it. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, if I go to an Indian food buffet, it's like I, I will almost never leave walking at the same pace that I walked in. <laughs> just like, yeah, and that that that's good to know that edge, but it's I don't think it's good for that to be a norm. And no. I think that is like arguably man's biggest problem. Another inspiring mentor of mine, uh, Dean Paskowitz. Mm-hmm. I've never met him personally. I don't, but I know of. He wrote a book called Surfwise, and there's been a documentary uh-huh. about him. Have you any? No, no. Yeah, I think he was like surfing naked into his like hundreds almost. Oh wow. He was like that kind of guy, and he like traveled. He was a doctor that stopped taking fees. He he, he like stopped. 
being a doctor, but just treated people for free around the world with his wow. family of like eight people in an RV, like oh, nutty, wow. nutty yeah. guy. But the beginning of the book or the movie, one of the two starts with man's big something with how I remember man's biggest problem used to be not having enough food. Man's biggest problem is now having too much food. Mm, yeah. That's pretty good argument actually. Mm, right. And, and also like, again, I, I think it's important, right. To like go to that buffet every once in a while and do whatever I want to, you know, say that. But at the same time, a lot of times when we are overindulging, right. We're not eating like, you know, a basket of fruit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're having I used to, That's like, how I used to do it. That's okay. the greatest thing about the raw vegan diet yeah. is I could overeat every meal and just right. keep getting skinnier. Right. Until my testosterone got depleted. Dropped, right. Right. But it's even on that thread, right? It's not like we're having like a great grass-fed steak and like potatoes and really like, uh, you know, nourishing our body. A lot of times it's like we're reaching for, you know, I've, I've been guilty of this too, or it's like we're reaching for the cookies or, and, and that becomes a habit, right? And then that overindulgence over time starts to lead us down not so great of a path. So, Unless someone how, somehow interprets it. It's a great path and that's another whole story. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and sure. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um, on that path, I might be willing to overindulge in, not only if I overindulge, but indulge in pizza. We're hitting the hour mark right here. The fire is, the fire is calming down and the fire in my belly is rising. Mm. And it's really nice to share some time with you around this fire Likewise, and learn brother. more about you and be led here through this mysterious energy called synchronicity. Mm. Um, maybe, I know I mentioned it, the hunt in Austin for Tribe Design mm. 15, if that aligns with you or anyone that's listening. Yes. I think we have nine more spots for hunters or huntresses. And if you have mm. no idea what I'm talking about, definitely check out the previous podcast, uh, The Heart of the Hunter and Huntress with Wes Atkinson. That Just like this episode, there was just like very simply convicting ideas that I think could bring up a lot. Yes. I'm sure. It's almost like finding the fragile point of our psyches to strengthen them. Mm, Love that. Yeah, finding that edge. Finding that That, edge. That last episode in particular was probably like, because it was just, it was very much about life and death Mm. and the ability for us to, as humans, to create that or take that away. Right. And what that means. Yeah, so deep. <laughs> we've, we've talked to about like the the Native American culture around that, right? And like how it's a, a part of you dies every time you kill an animal, and like that's a very very different uh, you know way of hunting or doing and things. A, than and then that part is rebirthed by recycling that energy, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, by whatever I consume, I'm creating new life in a way, new cells. Right. right. That's the fuel for the fire. So it's like, yes, that, yeah, the death, rebirth, the cycle. Mm. Yeah, the vortex. Beautiful. Welcome to the vortex. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, good yeah. to be here with you. Likewise, brother. Um, hey, see y'all's reviews on the the uh, iTunes and looking forward to remembering a future where we design some tribes together. Likewise. 10101, it said when I said that. Thank you, Dan. Sure, link. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much what for were you asking me, brother. You no, please do. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if anybody is trying to get in touch with me um, or interested about um, any kind of work in this realm, uh, my website is theempoweredsouls.com. So theempoweredsouls.com. And uh, yeah, thank you again for having me, brother. Thank you for this nice little cherry on top here. Um, because I I want I want my intention is for people to know that, and I for some reason did not ask you that yet no, yet, yeah. and it reminds me of how you asked me a question like you gave me this opportunity to say no I'm not going to answer that question, just like I somehow gave you an opportunity for you to be an empowered soul and mm-hmm. kind of like walk the talk of the message of the episode, yes. which is like you're in this space and you have something to share. And I definitely, if someone feels aligned with reaching out to you, I am so excited to hear about it (laughs) and to find out and to be impacted by it in a positive way, in an awesome way, and in the best way. Beautiful. (laughs) Rasta. Let's go get some pizza. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. (laughs) 